0: boxed ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound racing wrap across Victoria RSN 927 is talking Greyhounds and good day
1: from JT back for another Saturday morning here on talking Greyhounds right across Victoria on RSN 927 big hello to you wherever you are listening around the state Simone Fisher howdy
2: Simone Good morning, John. We're right in the middle of winter, aren't we? Some of these mornings are getting a bit dark, cold, wet, all the rest of it.
1: These these industry participants, (laughs) you're strong folk.
2: Oh, it's nice sitting in a studio for... A little bit of time. Yeah, with
1: warm warm (laughs) coffee and, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have a talk about greyhounds as well. What is uh, coming up on today's show?
2: Big show today. I'll be talking to Marg Long about her recollections of the late Joe Pearl and his greyhound, Spreg Eagled. Also Peter Craig. um, He's a coursing expert and NCA secretary about the Sylvester Doyle Puppy Championship this weekend. And I'd like also to discuss with you the idea of an Australian dog uh, international type race um, concept Um, I've been contacted during the week by someone from the UK about perhaps Australian dogs going over there so if we could Potentially, or discuss that yeah. and the potential of that happening. Absolutely.
1: Well, uh, we'll get to that in a moment, but what has been making news in the world of Greyhounds this week, Simone?
2: Well, the final of the Peter Mosman is on tonight at Wentworth Park. My, my redeemer won the first semi-final last week in 2964. He's come up with box five, which David Gill isn't too happy about, given the mm. fact that Chiefs Empire, who has good early speed, is drawn in the six. He can be a little bit tardy early, My Redeemer, but, um, he's a, a class act. I think the danger will be Beast Unleashed, who mm. we saw take out the launching pad, uh, very, recently. Very
1: smart dog, but gee, my, My Redeemer, when he, uh, when he won the Harrison Dawson, he was headed. Mm. Uh, he missed the kick. He was headed, but he was able to use his smarts and, and, uh, and find the, uh, the, the, the winner's post. Uh, so yeah, five is a, is a drawback, but he's a, for his age, he's very mature. He is mm. very
2: much so. All right. Uh, the Brisbane Gold Cup was decided at Albion Park on Thursday night, and no surprises there with Tornado Tears winning, also breaking the track record by about two lengths. Uh, a a terrific he, run. As soon as he
1: <laughs> landed bar, behind mm, Benali, Benali, he was a dollar ten.
2: Yeah, he was a yeah. dollar
1: ten. He's a, look. He's a very smart pup.
2: He sure is. Um, Hasten slowly won the flying Amy earlier in the night, so two group finals to Fernando Bale yet again.
1: <laughs> it, it's a, so, so when you think of him as a stud dog, now he is just in rare air, Simone. Considering well, it, this is just the start of his stud oh, career,
2: I know. And like when I caught up with Paul Westerveld uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, he's just it surprised him as well. And and I sort of think Hall of Fame. He can go in as a race dog and as a stud dog already. Correct. <laughs> so mm. only a matter of time that that will happen. Over in New Zealand, the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar was run and won by former Victorian Ring the Bell for the second consecutive year, and it's the only time the dog has won back-to-back races of this this race. Uh, he's the second dog to be the jewel winner, however. Tivoli Tom won it in 1992 and 1994. He had to miss 1993 because he had kennel cough, but, uh, who knows? Ring the Bell may be, he might make it to the final again next year. It's sounding, ne- well, he's halfway there from what Bold Trees did, didn't yeah. he? Well, you, he? You, you,
1: you never, you never know. You so never well, know. well done to the team with, uh, with Ring the Bell. We wish you, wish that pup all the best.
2: Sandown are holding their dollars for dinner promotion in July. So anyone that purchases a dining package, they get the value of that refunded in betting tickets.
1: It's a great concept. Great concept. I, got, I got the email, Greg Miller. Thank you yeah. very much. Yes, tick for me.
2: Yeah, uh, there have been some changes to the age restrictions for both the Maturity and Silver Chief Group ones that are run at the Meadows. There are details on the website without me going through the ages mm-hmm. uh, there. And talking of the Meadows, they are hosting their annual girls' night out on August the 18th. Are you hosting this, Simone? Uh, no, I'm not. But are you knows? going to I, I may go along. Yes, I haven't looked that far on my calendar, but there's a possibility. Tickets are $90, and for every ticket sold, $20 will be donated to the Look Good, Feel Better uh, Foundation. And as always, there's massages, tarot card readings, uh, all that sort of girly stuff, pamper things. And for anyone booking, some of the early birds booking a table of 10 or more, there will be a con- complimentary limo pickup. Well done so to, Joe, to,
1: to Joe Jackson and the team, uh, Marg Long out at the Meadows. Good thinking.
2: The adoption weekend has already started at the Gap pre- Property in Seymour. It began yesterday, and uh, so only today to go. I'll be interested to see what the final figures are. There's about seventy greyhounds to be adopted over the weekend. I'm sure they'll. If
1: you attend, hit you'll bring target. one home. Yeah, that's if right. if you go along, go along to Seymour. You, you'd you go along. You'll bring one home. No, absolutely, Guaranteed. that's
2: a given. And I forgot to mention last week. I went to the Gap Cafe. Um, had a coffee with Peter Duncan. Um, A couple of weeks ago and yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a great concept. Really nice, fresh looking cafe and uh, good food there and a couple of hounds walking around. So not that I actually probably need that. I've got that at home all the time, but um... it's a
1: great, it's a great concept. Uh, You don't have to have a, don't have to have a gap greyhound or any pup to go along to the, the gap cafe. You can walk in there for a coffee
2: and, uh, and experience
1: and then, then you'll go up to Seymour and get a gap (laughs) dog.
2: That's right. Um, Cranvern, Wednesday night, an interesting mm-hmm. call for Matt Jackson when the Greyhounds finished in race book order. The odds of that are 40,320 to 1.
1: 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yes. Now, Astounding. I didn't do
2: the number crunching for that, but I'm not uh, that mathematically eight, inclined. 8 times 7
1: times 6 times 5 times 4 times 3 times 2 times 1.
2: That's the accountant coming out Yeah, isn't that's it? the accountant
1: <laughs> coming out. Field, 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 $336 for a box drive vector. Uh, There we
2: go. And, uh, look, finally, what I mentioned at the start of the show, I was contacted by David Mitchell from the UK. He works for RPG TV. Mm -hmm. Um, it is their national greyhound channel over there. Recently, the national or the English derby was held at Tochester race course and Mick Floyd, I'm guessing, someone from Sandown put out a tweet after that, um, that all six greyhounds in the final of the English Derby will gain an exemption into the Melbourne Cup Cupheat, so they mm. can pretty much come over. So it was probably a bit of an off-the-cuff remark, but it has really set the ball rolling for the Brits to really want to have an international race, and I'd love to see some Australian dogs go over there, um, Australian-American and New Zealand dogs, by the way, and even reciprocate and have some English dogs back here. So um, my initial thoughts without sounding too negative were you know, quarantine, mm. um, welfare, security, just the, the distance. There's a few logistical
1: issues straight off the bat.
2: There is. And then when you start breaking that down and, and also the stake money is, I guess, the biggest thing. I mean
1: I think that's the key, Simone. When mm. you look, so I'll just talk about it from a Victorian perspective. Our our big race now, the tab Melbourne Cups were six thirty K. Um, their derby's worth 175 UK pounds. So that's maybe 35370 ish Yes. So, and, and that's the top of the pinnacle. There's a lot of low races over there. If you watch, um, and listen to the Greyhound racing we have on late at night from, um, places like, uh, uh, Sunderland and those, Toadchester, they're not racing for very much. No. Uh, and they, these are the fast class Greyhounds. So I think for us to send a legitimate uh, Greyhound over there, I don't think the sums actually stack up.
2: No, that was my that's the the case I put forward um to which they said we understand that but perhaps having dogs come over and racing in the UK and mm. some other some other races as well and um being put with a trainer over there mm. and like one of their professional respected trainers and having time to settle in and perhaps perhaps race over there over a period of time, not just go for the English Derby. Sure. But they're looking at making it an international event, which I okay. think is a terrific concept. Mm. And, but then you'll remember back in the 90s with the Top Gun mm. when the three greyhounds came from overseas and it was a great idea, but it was just executed mm. poorly. And It's um, it's,
1: di- it's difficult. If you look at what, what RV have done with the quarantine centre at Werribee, they've got it down pat now where horses can come over it's only 25 years since Vintage Crop, the first northern uh, uh, hemisphere horse, trained to win the Melbourne Cup. In those 25 years, they've refined it, so Mm. it's a well-oiled machine. You'd need that type of infrastructure to make this work. I reckon it's a much bigger chance of an English greyhound coming over here to compete.
2: And that may be the starting point. So Ben Keith, the sponsor of the English Derby, he is, I think, one of the driving forces behind Mm -hmm. this, And, and I think... Perhaps that is the way to go about mm. it. Try and get some English dogs here and have them here for a period of time. Let them acclimatise. Let like, them mm. get used to our tracks. I think our yeah. surfaces are harder. Um, I went to Pool Greyhounds a number of years ago, which is very countryish, mm. and it did look, you know, surprised by the outside lure, six dog fields. The track looked a lot softer than what we run mm. on here. So, you know, potentially, I think if we start looking at it, breaking it down and um, maybe putting some small steps in. Perhaps it could work.
1: Conversation started, but anything's possible. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a very global world at the moment and I, I think, well, we saw Maori time go over to uh, compete in the elite lot for, for trotting. So uh, Lazarus is going over to the states. So it does happen, it uh, does. but I, I think you've got to get the infrastructure and the logistics right. But let's keep that conversation going. Yeah, I Simone.
2: think so and I think that's what they will Try and get that plan in place to present something to drive it forward.
0: RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Racing, Spread Eagle a little bit slow to begin away, quickly near the inside,
1: Demon Range. Bullion Broker going very fast in the centre out of the straight. Bullion Broker cuts over to the rails and takes the lead to the back now. About three or four clear, that's Spread Eagle getting to second. Demon Range, Diamolite, they were followed by It's a Beauty. Malu Power, Barney Barton, last last On Dino. Coming off the back, it's Bullion Broker, two clear, Spread Eagle second. Four links, Diamolite, and then Demon Range on the corner. Bullion Broker, the leader, Spread Eagle is down the outside. Bullion Broker, tackle by Spread Eagle, the favourites got up to it. First. Break a second. Right,
2: and served. joining me on Talking Greyhound this morning is MGRA manager Margaret Long. And, Marg, that brings back some memories for you, doesn't it, that race replay?
3: Oh, it does. Uh, you know, I put that down as one of the most memorable Australian Cups that has ever been held. And I, I think that's uh, when you can see the passion and the joy of somebody who wins a race like the Australian Cup, and you saw how Joe handled it on the night. It, it was just such a such a classic event. He actually picked the dog up at the catching pen and carried him shoulder high <laughs> back to the crowd, showing him off to the crowd. You know, it was, it was really quite funny, and you know, people just loved it. And, and you know, we enjoyed the passion. It, it's it, it's such a wonderful thing to see.
2: And did he make a comment about this being the ice cream on the cake instead of yeah. the icing?
3: Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. but he was Irish. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and you, sometimes things didn't come out quite as they were meant to come out you know so he was, um, he was just a funny funny man and, and he still had a very broad Irish accent you know right through his life and Sometimes I think I was agreeing in conversations when I wasn't quite sure what
2: he said to me, but you know, he's a wonderful man, I liked him. Well, that makes two of us, because I can remember Joe on Friday nights at Geelong Dogs, and um, sometimes you, you couldn't understand what he was saying, but you would nod and laugh. And his wife, Wendy, used to walk around with a handbag on her arm, and she'd be selling raffle tickets, or... Trying to conjure up some support somewhere, but um, Joe, he was a real character that I remember, and yeah, just that accent. It was it was hard at times. It
3: was very hard, but you know, and he as I say, had a real passion for the industry. You know, they were on the, the NCA committee and did lots. Wendy was actually on the board at Geelong for a long time, um, and their love of the, of the greyhounds and the, and the love of the, the sport in general It was just you know. It was, just massive, really, and, you know, he, he he obviously had had, you know, the relationship in Ireland with the greyhounds and brought that with him when he came here, you know, so uh, never lost the accent at all.
2: No. Why, <laughs> so, <laughs> why do you think that Australian Cup win was so popular with the public? Do you think it was, um like, to say that anyone can have a greyhound and win a race like this?
3: Yeah, I think so, I, although I don't think there were... Uh, well, certainly, talking about 1990. Um, it was not the proliferation of, um, of um, public trainers that there are now, you know, professional trainers. But yes, it was seen as he was a pretty affable sort of a character, you know, and it was seen as the little man with just one dog kind of thing, winning a really really big race, and and people love that, and, and they loved that that immediate reaction when he won, you know, like the pride in his dog. He just he loved that dog like he wouldn't believe. He really absolutely loved him. Um, and just to show him off like he did, it was just such a proud moment. And people reacted to
2: that, you know. I guess that's what we, we'd all love to be able to put ourselves in that moment, wouldn't we? To have a dog win a race like that, and or have the strength to lift it up as well, perhaps. But oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and and was it true he had tears streaming down his face as well? It was yeah. just he, he, he used to
3: get quite emotional, Joe. You know, he really did quite get quite emotional. He was. No, that was just his nature. It's a really big event in somebody's life to do that. And, you know, I think, um, you know, he owned and trained the dog himself. And was all, you know, it was all sort of their love for it. It was just amazing. As I said, the dog itself, he he actually loved the dog. It wouldn't have mattered what the dog did. He just loved him. But for him to achieve what he did was, was just huge. And, and he was a great achiever. You know, Spread Eagle was a great achiever. Joe and I had ongoing, you know, a bit of a banter. go, we shall call it, over the many years. I had a, I had a dog called Toinette who broke the 600-metre record at um, Olympic Park and then along comes Brett Eagle just not so long after that and, and broke her record, you know. So see, I reckon he raised that every time <laughs> we had a chat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then your affiliation with Olympic Park, of course, and um, he was a, a track specialist there, wasn't he? Oh,
3: yeah, loved it, absolutely loved it. He's a very good dog, as I say. He, you know, he was an Australian Cup winner over the 500, and then held the record over the 600. So, he was a versatile dog, very versatile dog. Struggled at Sandown, absolutely struggled at Sander. Um, But yeah, his affiliation with Olympic Park was huge.
2: Now, Joe passed away just recently at 88 years of age, which is a terrific innings in itself. Um, the service was held a couple of days ago down in Geelong, and from all accounts, it was a, a great service?
3: Yes, it was a great service. Um, uh, you know, nice long service, and the family spoke beautifully of Jo. Uh, so that's a really nice sort of thing. Um, you know, when you see somebody who's lived a long life, and 88 is a long life, you know, I think he'll be, you know, he he at this age would be glad to be thinking that he's going to meet
2: Wendy at the other end, you know? Yeah, of course. It was only a few years ago that she passed away as well. And I guess when you, you know, you lose your lifelong companion and it, it does get difficult. So it's probably, you know, it was his time and maybe the time was right.
3: Maybe it was. Maybe he's going to run into spread
2: eagles somewhere up there. Well, I was just going to say that somewhere at the Rainbow Bridge. Well, Mark, what is your greatest memory of Joe? Just that that night at the Australian Cup, lifting the Ab- dog above his head. Absolutely,
3: his passion for his passion for the greyhound and and the you know just the pure emotion of the night. It just stands in my mind forever.
2: You know. Oh, yeah. great! It's a great memory to have. Thanks for joining us this morning, Mark. Thanks,
3: Simone.
0: All greyhounds every Saturday across Victoria. RSN nine two seven is talking greyhounds.
1: Alrighty, Simone. Fast times of the
2: week. Uh, Slingshot Maxi twenty two twenty two over the four hundred at Geelong for Rob Britton. Dutch Legacy thirty four twenty three for David Kirk at Geelong also over the five ninety six. Bernardo a 29.82 at the Meadows for William McMahon over the 5.25. Kate Gorman had Vitalizer run a 16.55 up the Hillsville Strait over the 300. Orson Allen for Corey Grenfell a 27.12 over the 4.85 at Horsham. And Lila Bale a 33.96 over the 5.95 at Sandown for Andrea Daly.
0: It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. What have you got for me, Simone?
2: well, I'm just going to have to do it again. It's just the, the weekly... Tornado given, tears,
1: <laughs> um, run of the week, Jeez. 27 months of age.
2: How can you argue with a, another group one and a, a track record as well?
1: And I still reckon he can go faster. If you see when he was making his run in the back straight behind Benali, he's just wobbling a little bit. So Rob Britton's got plenty of material to work with.
2: He sure has, but it's just not a leader. It is a leader's track. It's not a track that... Really allows you just Graham can't to come, come from be behind. behind. You but just Rip and can't Sam, do But with Sam, how good was his run as well? I mean, yeah. that was enormous as well.
1: Look, he, he, he's like... Rob, Rob Britton must be seeing. there's so much potential if he can just get a bit yeah. closer. If he can just get a bit closer. His run was enormous. No wonder he just faded in the straight to run third because it was an enormous run Mm. again.
2: Yeah, he was well behind the eight ball when they came out of the boxes, wasn't he? Yeah, well,
1: I can't disagree. He is an absolute jet tornado tears. We'll take a break here on Talking Greyhounds here on RSN 927. The other side, we'll talk some coursing with Peter Craig.
0: Love your doggies? The Greyhound Leader, RSN 927.
2: Thanks for joining us this morning on Talking Greyhounds, Peter. Well, coursing is a very important part of our landscape, and the coursing season is in full swing at the moment.
4: Yes, it certainly is, Simone. And uh, this weekend we've got the first of our classics for the year, uh, the Sylvester Doyle down at Lang Lang, and uh, we've got a big field, um, one of the biggest we've had for a number of years. I think the 56 runners, so spread over two weeks, the greyhounds all. The winner will have to uh, go through six rounds and, and win six events over for two Sundays. and uh, uh, With a really nice prize money this year, we've, we've got uh, $3,695 plus a big prize bonus. Somebody will get a well-deserved win.
2: It certainly will be. So this is a Sylvester Doyle Puppy Championship, and uh, it's a little bit different, isn't it? Because usually in coursing, the sexes race against each other, but in this it's um, dogs against bitches.
4: That's right. This is our, our puppy championship, and it um, uh, gives all those uh, well after 1st of March in 2016 an opportunity. It's down at Lang Lang, which um, um, is a bit more friendlier to the bitches. It's not as tough a run, um, and certainly gives uh, both an even chance. You know, a lot of times up the big straights, um, the dogs have an advantage, but uh, down at Lang Lang, it's uh, quite a, a, a bitch's track down there. So. Uh, um it's a pretty even event and uh, we're looking for some pretty good competition over the two Sundays.
2: Are you pleased with the dogs that have nominated? Like, can you see some ones there that are emerging coursing stars or just uh, dogs that have been on the circle that you think, you know, will have a really good go at this?
4: At the moment, look, a lot of them, um, there are quite a number that are going to be first-time runners this weekend. And um, at this stage of the season, you know, where we've only had a few rounds, um, a lot of dogs can come through it. Um, especially where they're only running uh, three times this Sunday and then three times the following week Um, when we get to the Derby and Oaks in a month's time and they have to run on Saturday and Sunday I think you you can usually follow the coursing form then uh, a bit better Uh, but at the moment um, it's going to be a a pretty good um, and a pretty even round Um, we've had some pretty good coursing so far this season and uh, we had the Werribee Cup just recently and uh, on a, a lot of news.
2: Uh, true to its um, saying, isn't it? Catch on to coursing, a promotion that you have had as well and let's get back to these slips to boxes. Uh, you had a greyhound in the finalist unfortunately it uh, didn't run in the first three placings but you had to do the presentation to win How yeah, was that? Yeah,
4: I uh, got the trophy up there. Unfortunately I wasn't able to bring it back but uh, <laughs> uh, I had a 50 to 1 chance in it and uh, uh, look uh, um, the uh, Ryan has main one has been racing very well around the circle. Um, and, you know, as I say, he attributes that uh, improvement to the, the run-up at Longwood. And um, he ran uh, 22 dead last night to win the final. Uh, beat Gotham Queen, who's a, a stand winner, was last year's um, Coursing Bitch of the Year and, and made a, a great return uh, after having a litter of pups only about 14 weeks ago. Um, and I know uh, Sean lithgow has got the, the, this year's Waterloo Cup in mind for Gotham Queen. And uh, she ran a, a strong second last night. Um, yeah, it was a it was a well fought out final. And um, um, unfortunately, the prize didn't come back to Lauren. No,
2: it didn't. But uh, the good news, like you mentioned before, and we talked about this on our show uh, when you are on about six weeks ago, is that the entries for coursing are up about 40%. And I think it is... You know, you can attribute that back to the fact that greyhounds may not be chasing as well on the circle. The training techniques have changed into getting greyhounds to chase. But coursing, you can't get much a, a more pure form of racing. So it is um, really resonating with participants.
4: Yeah, and and this week at Langley, you know, it with the drag well, um, the, the greyhounds take to it so well, and, and it really does fire them up. You know, the little bitch of mine uh, that we took up the to Shepherd, and um, you know, she was um really struggling on the circle and after the, the picnic meeting you know she won uh, two in a week and um, she still needs a bit of luck with box drawers but um you know she's chasing really well now last night she got uh, Thursday night she got flattened but um uh, yeah I, I think um, everybody's uh, looking for to try something different and, and now that you know the prize money is so good um you know, it's really an opportunity where people really aren't missing out. They're not wasting a week uh, if they go to the coursing. Um, this weekend, to back up the Sylvester Doyle uh, fields and um, the Puppy Championship, we've got uh, both the Ray Boundy Memorial and the Gippsland Cup. And um, we've got, uh, we had more than the, the um, required number of maidens enter, um and we also will have 32 in the maidens and the 16 in the uh, Ray Boundy and and um, some of the top ones have uh, actually missed out um, because we had so many entries and um, you know there's a, n- a number of um, quite a demand.
2: sure is. And then in about four weeks' time, you mentioned you've got the Oaks and Derby, and that's at Longwood.
4: Yeah, a couple of events coming up. Uh, Obviously, um, the puppies that uh, go up uh, this weekend and next will be keeping their uh, minds on Longwood uh, the weekend, uh, the 21st of July, um, Saturday and Sunday. other
2: It's, it's great. It's a great concept, too. And, look, thanks for joining us again, Peter. We appreciate your passion for coursing and the fact that it has had some sort of a revival over the last couple of years. And I look forward to hearing all about this Sylvester Doyle Puppy Championship.
0: Thanks, Simone. All greyhounds, every Saturday across Victoria. RSN 927 is Talking Greyhounds.
1: Before we wrap up the uh, show today, Simone, dogs to follow, please. Last
2: week's dog to follow, Fierce Lomar, is engaged tonight. Race three, box eight at the Meadows in a restricted win final. And my dog to follow, it actually raced last week, but uh, couldn't fit it on the show. So it goes. An outstanding run last Thursday night Mm. at Sandown over the 5.95. Very good splits there too. Overall time, 34.04. He's been very consistent over the mid-distance. And watch out if he gains a run this week. I haven't been able to determine that he's um, been drawn in a field, but if he is, so it goes. Did you ever read the book Slaughterhouse 5? No. Oh, so it goes. I just wonder whether it came out of that. It was, um, it's a, a a little three words that. Make it mm. through the book very often. Maybe maybe
1: <laughs> that is the case. Best bet, please.
2: Uh, race six race eight number six tonight at the meadows over the five ninety five. Dinah Patty, I think she'll get a good run into the race as the five does head to the rails.
1: Okay. What's coming up this week in Greyhound Racing Somalia? Well, the final
2: of the Peter Mosman tonight at Wenty, Bendigo Cup heats in a couple of weeks and also the McKenna Memorial isn't far away either.
1: Big show you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay warm. You too. And uh, everyone, keep those tails wagging. Short break coming up here on RSN 927. The other side will talk trots with the team. Big night of uh, trots coming up at Tabcorp Park, Melton. Soho Tribeca is back in the Italian Cup free-for-all. Looking forward to that.
0: We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.